NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle. So she was down there helping out and I was I was there for the rookie awards and maybe stayed a little longer than I should have. And (laughs) (laughs) every little kid, you know, their dad's a hero, and to see them, you know, in the in the spotlight, it was is definitely made an impression on us. I actually wanted to be a bull rider for a long time, and um, it. uh, I guess I grew out of that a little bit, but I tried for a while, and uh, but it it always seemed like we were probably going to end up being being in rodeo one way or another. It was something that we always wanted to do, me and all my brothers. This is pro rodeo announcer Andy Seiler, and you are listening to NFR Extra. How's it going this morning, Dawson? Oh, it's going good. Um, just We got down here to uh, Armstrong for, our, uh, for the Armstrong Rodeo here tomorrow, and uh, so we're just hanging out. We got a cabin close by, so... Just having a lake day. Perfect. So you got three of us here. Um, myself, Andy Seiler, Brylon Bentley, and Steve Goder. So um, we'll just have a little chat and, and go from there. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. Nice and cool. Is uh, fall wanting to settle in up there, or is it still kind of warm? Uh, it's actually just just now it kind of started cooling down. It's been hot all week, and uh, it's uh, it's about perfect. It was... It was uh, pretty hot for a little while there now it's uh cool evenings and cool mornings and nice uh, sunny day very nice good way to spend it up there in god's country that's right yeah and i got the the wife and daughter up here for uh the last few days so it's been nice to see them and hang out uh, with the whole family for uh kind of kind of a uh, few and far between this time of year we've been pretty busy how old's your daughter my daughter just turned 10 months old, so oh, wow. she's, uh, she's darting around the house. She's just about walking, but oh, boy. just going from going from couch to the table, but not, not fluently walking yet. She's just, uh, uh, she kind of chickens out a little bit, but it's a pretty fun, pretty fun <laughs> age. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the first kid. You always get really excited for them to start walking. And then after that, you try to suppress it for as long as you can, because once they get mobile, they're, they're gone. The chasing phase, then. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Zeke said. He said the first one you're working and working, trying to get him. You're so excited, and he said you're pushing the next one over for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> what was your childhood like growing up? Oh, uh, my childhood it was um, kind of kind of a little different, I guess, than lots of people's, but uh, kind of the same as well. We we played a lot of sports. We played hockey. Me and my brothers for. Uh, seven, eight years. My older brother kind of took it a little further. And, um, aside from that, we'd, uh, spend a lot of our summers out here where we're at right now at the cabin in BC. And, uh, with me and my, my brothers would get to take turns, um, picking what rodeos we'd like to go to with, our, with my dad. So usually he'd just take one of us at a time and, uh, 
you know, sometimes it'd be a Canadian rodeo run and other times they'd get to go, you know, maybe down south of the border and uh, basically just um, uh, the winter times, I guess we spend a little differently a lot of, than a lot of kids because a lot of the times we'd go down and watch San Antonio with my dad and uh, we'd get to, we'd actually homeschool. My mama was a teacher uh, before she, um, before uh, she had her, me and my brothers. So then um, she homeschooled us through the winter time, and we got to go to a lot of the cool Texas rodeos and stuff. And uh, uh, that's once we got a little bit older. But yeah, aside from that, it's hockey and rodeo. <laughs> so when it comes when it comes to hockey, because I'm the ignorant one here when it when we talk about that sport, because I live in Florida and we we do have some decent hockey teams. But do you do you have to learn to skate first, or is it kind of a toss you out on the ice with a puck and a stick and good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. There's a lot of good hockey teams out in Florida and a lot of good, um, farm teams too as well. But, um, yeah, uh, it's basically like as soon as you can, uh, about four or five years old, you start an initiation and you, you know, you kind of figure out how to skate, but, uh, it's a sport. You start really young, you know, you, uh, you go, uh, basically your first couple of years is a bunch of kids falling around on the ice and chasing the puck around, just pushing the puck around the ice. And then, uh, yeah. So a lot of, I guess until you're, uh, until you can learn how to skate, but a lot of the, uh, definitely all the hockey players you'll see in the NHL and, um, that taking it really far is, you know, as soon as they could walk, they probably had skates on. (laughs) I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I tried it one time with my kids. My kids had the, uh, my daughter, I think was like three at the time and had the ice skates with the little double, you know, the double like starter. Oh yeah. The double blades. Yeah. The double (laughs) blades. She could barely reach like the top of the rink and she was dead set. I think it was like February or something back. I live in Dillon, Montana. And so it was pretty cold there. And man, she, I was like, all right, baby girl, you ready to go? She goes, nope. And she did the whole thing of just holding on. Her little fingers kind of barely held the top of that. <laughs> she was bound and determined to make one loop. And after that, I was like, you want to go again? She's like, nope. And then after that, she, I mean, she that, punched her it. ice skating card. She didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, and I guess uh, I guess we had a lot, a lot of opportunity, too, because I remember a lot of times being a kid and everyone on your hockey team, you know, most of us were farm kids and stuff, and uh, – we'd go clear off spots on old on frozen ponds and dugouts and stuff. And everybody had a, everybody had a set of nets, uh, goalie nets. So you'd, uh, you'd go to your buddy's house and clear off a spot on the rink or on a pond or somewhere frozen and just skate around. And <laughs> it was a little rougher than the, than the hockey arena, but uh, we had a lot of fun. So are, were you a better hockey player or fighter which were, were you the enforcer what where, where what was your role on the family team yeah um I was not near as good of a hockey player as my brother Logan and uh but I also not very big so it's hard to be a great enforcer so <laughs> I, got <a> <laughs> I thought I thought I was uh I thought I was an enforcer until till um I got uh I got to about 13, 14, and the kids got a lot bigger, and I started bouncing off them a lot, a lot easier. And then, uh, then I basically just got a lot of penalties. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, and that kind of ended my career. I, I was, I wasn't much of a use for the teams after that. Yeah, you could set up the nets. 
Yeah, no, my brother Logan, though, he played really good. Um, he played uh, AAA hockey for two years, and he uh, he just just being a little bit too small is pretty well, I think, what cost him from going, you know, any further. But he uh, he didn't really even grow until after he got out of his like uh, mid, or his last couple of years, fifteen, sixteen is I think when he quit playing, like when he was fifteen, sixteen years old, and. Uh, it was just uh, everyone was six foot something on the on the AAA teams, and Logan was the short guy running out there. But he was really fast, and he, he got a lot of gold. Huh. So with your hockey career coming to an abrupt halt uh, with the lack of growth that you demonstrated when you were ten, <laughs> um, what did your winners yeah. look like? Because that's I mean that's kind of the whole thing is what did your if you're not skating or playing hockey, what do you do? So I rode um, junior bowls and steers, and I was kind of when Logan was in um, in his kind of his hockey stage. He went a little longer than me, and I kind of got into you know a lot of steer riding, junior bull riding, and stuff like that. And then um, I guess when well I would have been 15 years old then, kind of when I was done hockey. But we just did started getting on Bronx together. So our winners, um, and that's kind of. That was kind of what ended Logan's uh, career as well a little bit too, as he kind of moved towards bronc riding as well. And we were busy all winter. Um, we'd go to practice pens and um, Tuesdays we could go to Olds practice pen and get on bucking horses. Wednesday, every single Wednesday, we'd drive to Rimby and my dad would haul um, his horses down there. Thursdays, sometimes we would go to uh, Hobima and then, Friday's usually off, and then every second Saturday we'd get on at the jackpot in Rimby. And for the first uh, year, year and a half, we didn't actually rodeo at all. We pretty well just practiced at uh, at our house and at the rodeo grounds in Wildwood. And um, we we got on at as many practice pens as we could, and it was just uh, yeah, it felt like it felt like we were going somewhere or planning on going somewhere every other day to to get on bucking horses. So it was a uh, it was um it was a busy time for sure. Those are all indoor barns that you're practicing at. Yeah, so that's um in during the summertime in that year we would uh, practice at our house at home outdoors. So but have- uh yeah, during the winter time like it's it's minus it can get up to, you know, minus 40 to 40 outside so you definitely can't practice outside but uh yeah, Rimby, we're really lucky. They built a, a new facility in Rimby kind of right when we were starting. And it has, a, you know, a really great setup and uh, is heated. So it, it changed a lot. We actually used to, we started practicing in a place in Edson, Alberta, and it was pretty cold in there. <laughs> it never, by the time you got the doors open to run the horses in, it pretty well let all the warm air oh, out. Yeah. You're, you're pretty, pretty chilly getting on everything but uh once Rimby opened up that was our main spot how do you prepare for negative 40 <laughs> it's actually you know it's it's not don't it's say it's a dry cold things. don't don't say it's a dry cold i mean when, when you're <laughs> i don't know it's not that it's a dry cold but i guess i think there's minus 40s that are different because where we're at it's it's not real windy so uh, yeah, the yeah. wind is what like it, I've yeah. I've been in some of the coldest temperatures ever at my house, but the coldest I've ever been is like in the winter in Wyoming when it's coming. 
like we go to the bucking ball every year on new year's Mm -hmm. and a lot of times they get that wind whistling through there that weekend and i've never been so cold in my life and it's only you know minus 15 but it feels feels a lot worse that wind will blow through especially a little guy like you i've even got a little bit more cushion and i still find it extraordinarily uncomfortable (laughs) but that's a yeah that is, is problematic I guess I guess you can dress for it though because it's not that windy. So I mean, you can't get have any skin showing, but you definitely got your long <laughs> underwear on and yeah. as many layers as possible, and and some really good gloves and boots. <laughs> yeah. All I think of when you say negative forty is the Christmas story, little dude, oh, all yeah. wrapped up in a yeah. bundle. That would be me. Yeah. 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 Nothing starts. All the trucks. You got to oh, plug yeah. in all the vehicles. Well, the up. Start, the hydraulics get cold. Keep it. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's got to sit there for an hour and just kind of warm up and decide if you want to do it. So do you guys, do you guys ranch up there yeah. too? Yeah. So my, my dad's always uh, ran cows up there and we, we run about 350 head of black Angus and uh, put up a little bit of hay and my dad hauls, hauls a, Paul's hay in the fall and through the winter, and but that's uh, the main deal is the ranching and raising bucking horses. Nice. So speaking of your dad, I, I grew up a, a huge fan of his, and to me, he is on the short list of people that should have won a world title and never did. I mean, I know he's a Canadian champ as well, but tell us some of your your earlier memories of traveling with Dad to Vegas. Yeah, I. Um, it's kind of. I don't remember a lot of the years because we were so little, but uh, once we got to an old enough age where it really sunk in, it was, you know, something we looked forward to every year. It was the, uh, I don't know, it was the biggest event that we'd ever been to or ever watched to me. It was like this, you know, being a rock star. We thought, you know, everyone's the coolest people in the world who are getting on at this. And the, the opportunity we got as kids to come from, know wildwood and then next thing you know we're in las vegas and all the lights and 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 uh it was it was really crazy to watch um it was something we we're so excited for we couldn't wait for you'd count down the days for every single year and uh um looking back at it you know it's what, some of my greatest memories was packing up and going to las vegas for two weeks and, and getting to cheer on your your dad and a lot of guys don't get to uh to bring their kids to um you know, a lot of a lot of guys. Oh, I'm happy that we were born and we got to watch a lot of my dad's career while he was still in the prime of it, and we weren't too young. Do you think that that had an impact on you of you wanting to do that, or what was your? I mean, were too young, like you said, you were too, maybe too young or whatever. But did that leave an impression to where that's something you want to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Uh, every every little kid you know their dad's their hero and to see them you know in the in the spotlight it was is definitely made an impression on us i actually wanted to be a bull rider for a long time and um, it uh i guess i grew out of that a little bit but i tried for a while and uh but it it always seemed like we were probably going to end up being being in rodeo one way or another it was something that we always wanted to do me and all my brothers and be honest we weren't really pressured into ever getting on bucking horses or anything it was always it was always us begging dad to run a man and he gave us all the opportunity in the world but uh was never forced upon us and i don't think my mom wanted us to, <laughs> to yeah. have to, 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 to dress out enough yeah. after getting on bucking horses but 
Uh, I think she she knew that was probably what we were going to end up doing. Let's take a quick pause, and we'll be right back. So what, what kind of coach is your dad? Uh, I mean, you know, with you guys, obviously he's taking notes, giving you tips and stuff. Is he kind of more in the background or is he the guy that calls you right after your ride and he's like, Hey, we need to go over this. Yeah. I'd say he used to be, um, he, uh, he's a great coach. Something my dad's always been before we ever got on, he, he had always made a point to put on rodeo schools and bronc riding clinics. And it's something my dad's, you know, been naturally good at is coaching and, and being able to break things down. It, it's such a, things happen so fast in the bronc riding. So to, to be able to break it down to, to where you can understand it and take it simple steps is, is something my dad's always been great at. And, um, he, he, when we were first starting and going at some amateur rodeos and stuff, he definitely called us a lot more and, you know, broke things down, but we're kind of at the point now where it's, He's not as much of a coach anymore, more of just a, you know, he, he gives us confidence, tells us how, you know, about our good rides and stuff. And but I think the coaching, the coaching stage is over. <laughs> he was definitely a pretty strict, strict coach for a long time. <laughs> there was no, there was no um, bad spur outs. And if you had a bad spur out, it's zero and didn't matter how good you rode. And he, he implemented a lot of the, the fundamentals that, that you see you know, that make a successful bronc rider. And he, he, uh, he dang sure wasn't easy on us and I'm happy about it. <laughs> so outside of the rodeo arena, what do you do to prepare for riding bucking horses? I, I, uh, we, we, I like to practice as much as I can. If I'm healthy, I like to, uh, I'm not as much into the gym stuff and working out, but if I can, you know, ride, be on a horse and, or being, you know, if I got a couple of weeks off, I like to at least run a practice pen at least. I'd, I'd like to do once every week, but it's, I don't like to let myself go more than two weeks without getting on if I'm healthy. So um, before the NFR, we'll get on two or three times a week, every single week leading up to the finals. And uh, we'll try and ride the bucking machine and stay active. But I think the main thing I'd say I do to, prepare is just try and try and constantly be getting on even in the off season how many horses when you run horses in through the chute there and you're bucking them how many do you get on per session it totally depends if if i feel confident that usually two um if if i am sore maybe i'll get on one but we'll usually get on two um depending how the second one goes if i'm not happy sometimes i get on three but no no less than or not usually less than two but not usually more than three oh and how many guys do you got going with you when you're getting on there is there kind of a, a pile of you yeah um lately since um 
Well, I've been living in California. We've had, uh, it's usually just me and my buddy Lefty getting on. Sometimes, uh, well, usually before the NFR, a lot of guys will stop in on their way down. Like Brody Crest would stop in. Zeke, my brother Logan did last year. And, uh, but during, for the most part, it's just me and Lefty getting on at the practice pen. And, uh, so we'll only buck, you know, four or five horses and we'll have, uh, Cal Lockett usually picks up for us, the NFR yeah. team roper. On a, he's an awesome, awesome pickup man. So he's, uh, we get him. He's only a couple miles away. And, uh, Lefty's dad's got a beautiful arena set up, preferred bucking shoots. And we got some really nice horses out there. Uh, I've bought a couple for my dad and hauled them down. And then, uh, Mo Better Rodeo, uh, Maury Tate, I've, was lucky to get a couple practice horses from him and we got some some old some retired spanky horses and uh yeah we got anything you can pick from <laughs> so you're central valley california then where you're living now yeah just uh, uh visalia okay just, Visa- all uh, right, cool. friends, so. very good yeah we uh i'd have the had an opportunity to announce that Woodlake Rodeo um, over there uh, right outside of Exeter. And that is oh, one yeah. of the most beautiful rodeo grounds slash hottest rodeo grounds that I've ever been to. Yeah, it's um, it can be really, really hot. I never have been out to Woodlake. My, my wife's been there a few times. Uh, she uh, high school rodeos and then to the watch lefty at the pro rodeo there. And um, I haven't been out there yet, but yeah, them California rodeos are really hot especially even even oakdale can be it was super hot there this year i thought and i'm not not used to that side i'd I'd rather the cold yeah (laughs) either super hot or totally flooded one of the two there's no in between there's that yeah yeah no kidding tell us a little bit about your wife uh, how did you meet her i met my wife at um las vegas when we were uh when i was getting my rookie of the year award and she was she and her auntie run the rodeo quincy clothing company and so they go out to and obviously quincy's husband dakota aldridge is a veteran at the nfr so she's always there um watching him but they have a big booth in the convention center that they sell their clothes out of and she runs the booth with and works for quincy year round and uh so she was down there helping out and I was I was there for the rookie awards and maybe stayed a little longer than I should have and I ran into her one of the days we were running around and uh, talked to her and hanging out for a night and we you know I think we got dinner or something and I kept kept uh, talking to her and convinced her into coming to the cowboy downhill actually in Denver. And that was the first time we actually really hung out. So, so now we that skiing in Denver and the rest is history. <laughs> so now that you're married and, and you guys have a, a little girl as your, your travel schedule changed at all. Are you picking your spots? How, how does that work? Yeah, it's been hectic. It's, um, uh, it's been a lot more expensive this year because <laughs> I, I can't help, but we were really lucky to be able to have uh, honey in October. So I got to spend the first, you know, six months. I didn't miss a day with her. But then when we started getting a little busier, uh, it made it really hard because I hadn't been away from her very much. So um, we were making a lot of unnecessary trips, to, you know, flying, flying back home for maybe a day and then flying back out and then 
flying them in for two days and flying back home. And we've, uh, we've had a lot of honey for being 10 months old. It's probably been on 25 flights. Yeah. He's a seasoned traveler. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, we're super blessed to, yeah. uh, to be able to make that happen. I can't, uh, she's like my good luck charm. I've done, I always do good when honey's there. So, it, uh, it pays off to have her around. Just a reminder. <laughs> of, to fly her out. It, yeah, that's just a reminder mm-hmm. of how much money you need to win when you see your daughter there. It's like, all right, we gotta, we got to win this thing. That's right. That's right. The funny thing is she's not even saying, like, Dad, can we please get this uh, yet? Yeah. No, she's not. It'll, that's going to make it even more expensive. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you got the pony, then uh, the junior barrel horse. Oh, see? Yeah, she's got the pony already picked out. So gonna, yeah, that, that, I think I think mom wants the pony more than honey does. But uh, uh, yeah, Lily's Lily's been on a pony search for the last two months. Yeah, good good luck saying no to either one of them. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. That's, my my youngest daughter, she does, she always go, Daddy. I'm like, whatever, whatever you want. Yes, yes is the answer for Just whatever. Take it I don't all. Care. Yep. So yeah, no, it's. I think it's different with little boys. <laughs> I, I've noticed with my traveling partner Zeke, uh, he's he can be a little harder on Hardy, his little boy, and doesn't seem. But he has a he has an awfully hard time saying no to Lucy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's how it goes. Oh, I, I get that all the time, Dad. You you did this to me. What what about my sister? And I'm like, she's fine. Don't worry about her. You have to discipline yeah. her in a different <laughs> way, son. You're just being nicer to her. <laughs> You're right. That's mom's job. That's <laughs> mom's job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. So what? Yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. So give us give us your your dream draw at the finals because I, I I always like that question because everybody's got kind of a a different style or what they want and I what what's what's the horse you want at the finals? I'd say um, for me it's got to be X nine again. I think. Uh, explosive skies of Calgary Stampede. It's gonna, I think, will be the bucket horse of the year for sure this year. Um, kind of a, there's a, you know, another level of Bronx that only a few of them are on. Like I'd say your Wild Cherry, um, X, uh, X9, Explosive Skies, Killer B, uh, Indian Burn, horses that they're kind of like no other. They don't even feel the same. It's, it's, it's on a whole new level, so I would I would love to get on X nine again. Um, it's one of them horses you never know. You're never gonna ever feel confident that you're gonna make the whistle on, but uh, makes for the makes for the most exciting rides. Yeah, that's a never know if you're gonna make it to the eight seconds. That's something I will never ever know myself because I have no desire. Um, <laughs> but no, that's but those the caliber you know kind of the same thing with the caliber of horses that that you're talking about there there's a caliber of cowboys that you know can ride those horses and you're definitely one of those guys and you've proven yourself time and time again and um i just want to thank you for joining us here today and wish you the best of luck and can't wait to see if we can uh, get a gold buckle on you for uh this year i sure hope so too um thanks for having me on and uh yeah i guess i look forward to seeing you guys here in vegas we'll see you there Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, 
We would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.